Roses are red. <laughs> Violets are blue. I stand for Shan, and sh- so should you. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. I hope Shannon Bador is listening. She definitely isn't, but Archie might be. <laughs> okay, mine is, my spray tan is fading, but my enthusiasm for Andy's girls never shall. <laughs> I love a specific tagline compliment. For, you know, compliments are directly, they lead directly to my heart. I mean, I, I figured. I mean, just get through the cholesterol and whatever <laughs> yes. else, and you're going to find a direct path, a little easy pass. Yeah, yeah. Chris Manzo, if you're listening, there's more than one. Yeah, oh, yes, a little compliment. A little compliment sandwich um, with the, you know, meat or something. I don't even know where that's with going. With the meat? <laughs> compliments and meat? My favorite kind of sandwich. You're vegetarian, (laughs) but I'll take it. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It is a Galletine's Day spectacular. That's right. This day, February 14th, I think that's the day this episode is (laughs) dropping. I'm not entirely sure. It's a special day, dear guest, I'm about to introduce, a day in which you tell the galley how much they mean in your life. So seek out a galley on Galentine's Day. You've heard of Galentine's Day. Some people have also heard of Valentine's Day, but this is actually Galentine's Day. And I'm so excited to have one of my favorite gal and galley supporters back on the People's People's Couch, IRL in the Clawfist. You know him as senior TV reporter at page6.com and co-host of Page Six's premiere podcast. Virtual reality. Welcome back, Evan Real. Evan, how are you? I'm good. Oh, a premiere podcast. I mean, a premiere podcast. And you guys just need to know it's Andy's Girls. You just need to know that last I've seen Evan. This is the first time we've seen each other in literally 72 hours. <laughs> we went to Amy Phillips' show on Thursday. I don't know what day. Thursday, it's yeah. And then last night, because we're recording this on Saturday, last night. I had the pleasure of attending the second sold out show that Evan co-hosted with friend of the pod, Danny Murphy, which featured 1,736 <laughs> Bravo Lebs. It was literally a BravoCon. And I have to tell you, it was spectacular. So welcome back. And Mazel um, Tov, Mazel of the day. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we were so honored to have you in the audience, I mean. of course. <laughs> no, hon- honestly, honestly. I was cackling in the back. I was literally screaming the entire time. Oh, and well, that's great to hear. <laughs> uh, I love love that you had fun. But yeah, we it was, a, it was a cool crew. We had Gertie and Russell from Miami. We had Dolores and her new man, Polly, from New Jersey. The Gorgas from New Jersey. And then... We ended the show with Lindsay and Carl mm. from Summer House, which the, she was activated. Well, Miss Lindsay. Lindsay was very activated. Um, so let's give a little overview of the event. So it was like sort of Valentine's Day couples, obviously talking about the show, but also like the show's impact on their relationships and aspects of their marriages that we may not have seen mm-hmm. and like the pressure of filming together and what happens like with Lindsay and Carl when people are questioning your engagement and everything else. It was it was themed perfectly cast, if I can say cast, arranged perfectly like great energy but Lindsay was like 
not having it It, in a great way she was like zero fucks which i was extremely into yeah she she did give zero fucks and she even walked on stage before we even introduced her she was ready to go which i honestly i appreciated i was a little confused at first but i was like (laughs) you know what if you're ready babe i'm ready who had just left the stage gertie and russell maybe uh no dolores and and Polly. They had just got off stage. So the talent was like, we were literally next to the talent table, which was incredible. And then, so the talent was like arranged in two tables. Everybody was together with their friends. They were like living their best lives, which was iconic. And so you had just finished with Dolores and Polly. And then you guys were like literally talking about housewives. And then Lindsay, I saw Lindsay stand up and I was like, oh my God, she's going for the stage. And then she started walking and I was like, is anybody going to tell her? Nobody's going to tell her. But maybe it's because I thought maybe she thought like not a la Beyonce who knew she was being called. So she started walking to the Grammy stage. Which this was, was her Beyonce moment. It, but it was a little bit of a Beyonce moment of like, but technically Lindsay had not been called yet. That was no. the major difference. Yes. Yeah. And then I felt bad for Carl because then I think Carl was a, a little confused, bit confused like Danny and I were. But it was fine. We we made it through. They got on stage. We had fun with them. We did a little summer house trivia with the fans, mm. which was, I think, wonderfully chaotic. And I also <laughs> the cast was answering <laughs> instead of the fans. I know. Which was incredible. We, we did. Yeah, we really didn't think that one through, uh, Danny and I, because like we wanted to have a fan moment. Like, we wanted fans to have a moment with, like, each person. We just wanted yeah. to give them that, like, special mm. little situation. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, we were doing Summer House Trivia. Mm-hmm. And we kind of didn't put together that we're, like, asking people who lived through it. So they <laughs> they very easily knew that. I, th- I think there was only, like, one question that, like, Carl and Lindsay did not. What was it? It was, oh, no one remembered that the it was season. the season two where Kyle said Summer House should be fun. Amanda, what season not fun. was it? Right. Yeah. So anyways, it was fine. We got through it. We crowned a Summer House star with a mullet, mm. which worked. I was excited about, but I feel like our winner didn't appreciate the mullet. She ripped it right off. And I was like, you should wear this mullet with pride. Yeah. I think honestly, she was such a stan of Lindsay, which I love, but she literally was like. I have to speak truth to the audience now. She said, like, essentially, I have an announcement to make. And the (laughs) announcement is like, Lindsay, I love you. People are not treating you well. You deserve respect. Have a great night. Which was honestly, yes. Use your time. Use your time. Well, I like before we were wrapping up the show, I was like, we should we should give the the winner a a moment to talk. So I was like, do you have something to say? What a prize. Honestly, she was like, I do have something to say. And I think Lindsay really appreciated what she had to say. Yeah, and that was, like, the nice thing I thought about the night. Like, for example, I haven't necessarily thought a ton about some of these relationships. Mm. So to see the couples vibing off each other was really engaging, and it felt like a different kind of experience. And I just have to say that, like, Gertie and Russell being together since they were in high school. Tenth grade. And the vibe that they had, I honestly was like, oh, I think I'm obsessed with Russell. He's like such a good man, Mm. supportive, embarrassed AF to be like (sighs) in public at a live event, which is so attractive to me because some of those husbands are not like I just Uh I love the vibe of like I'm here to be with the one I love because I know how much this means to her. Honestly, I think being an adult male who like does his little like Star Wars, whatever the fuck he's doing. <laughs> I don't understand any of it, but I actually think it's very attractive. Oh my God. Totally. Yes. Yes to everything you're saying. He And he was so sweet. 
backstage he was so quiet but like so kind and i was like wow the fact that you could be at home like playing some star wars video game but yes. you accepted and agreed to come here tonight yes. makes me love you so much and he's so handsome so handsome and i also think and also he's like a fireman uh, he's like a fire uh, person it's like he's an actual like fantasy a total literal fantasy yeah. he's got the outfit he does <laughs> the thing uh-huh. which i'm extremely into but you know what was really impactful for me one of many moments was honestly seeing Dolores so happy. That woman glows from within and seeing her with Polly, who said he was so nervous to be on stage and was so fun and charismatic, but just really seeing Dolores happy. There's a difference between like, I don't know. We know Dolores as this like strong, independent woman and it feels like a lot of that, obviously, the choice that she makes, she's obviously very strong. But for her to go on stage and be like, you know what, this was the first man I was with who was like, you don't have to be the one carrying everything. Mm. Like, what I want is to be there to support you, but also to actively work to support yeah. you. And her kind of fear and discomfort of that, but also obvious real appreciation for it. Oh my god, yeah, totally. It it does seem like it's kind of like a new Dolores. Like there's It's a totally new Dolores. It's a like totally new Dolores. A level of stress or like mm. responsibility that you like you see that it's no longer like with her. She just feels like lighter and brighter and yes. truly so happy. It's it feels different than David. Like you can just like sense the difference. Well, David was so checked out and it yeah. felt like they had decided Sometimes I wonder when you're in a relationship with with someone, a long term relationship, one day I'll find out. (laughs) But like when you're in a relationship with someone, uh, so often it feels like you've settled into the circumstances where it's like, at what point was this a choice to be with a specific person with a specific temperament where they're not around and you decide that you're going to see each other when you see each other? He's not going to necessarily support the show. When you don't see each other, you're living your own life. Like how much of that was Dolores's choice because that was what she was used to versus that's all this man could give. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because she's yeah. in such a different dynamic now. Right. I feel like her. Yeah. Like her world opened up when she met Polly because he was like so dialed in and more of an yeah. active participant in like the relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where this like. I don't know, this like sense of euphoria that like glows around her is coming from is like, wow, I've literally never experienced this. It's so nice to be with someone who just is obsessed with me. Right. I think David obviously appreciated Dolores, Mm -hmm. but like you could just tell like Polly's like, did he though? Did he really appreciate? I think he like, you know, there's a. He respected Dolores. Right. But he didn't necessarily treat her with respect. Well, I don't even know how to phrase that. You know what? He was polite. He was polite, but it's like, how do you define respecting someone with respecting the potentially uncomfortable circumstances involving their job? Because Mm -hmm. obviously, if Dolores is willing to have her relationship on camera, it is a benefit to her time on the show, noting that she's like an MVP regardless. So with David, I wonder sometimes like how much of him not being present was because he obviously wasn't present for her in their life due to the huge demands of his job, mm-hmm. which is both a real thing and also, you know, a, maybe a little bit of an excuse for why they weren't together mm-hmm. as often as 
others would maybe like to see, which is a total projection. But like how much of that was because of like the work stuff and how much of it was because he just didn't want to do this thing, which is entirely fine. But maybe she'd want to go through that journey with a partner. Yeah, totally. And it feels like Polly is is a partner. It seems like they're in it to win it. I regret not asking about marriage plans. No, I think you know. Honestly, I was talking about this. So I was with um, friends of the pod, Gibson Johns and um, Sweet Baby Dale, Dylan Hafer. And we were talking about that before the show. Mm. I, th- I think Dylan and I were talking about it. I forget. Um, and also shout out P.S. to Gibson's mom, who I um, stand for on his social media. I was so upset that I, I didn't see Gibson last night after the show. And I heard that he was bringing his mom, yeah. who is so cute on Instagram. Yeah, she's an icon. And I really, yeah, I missed out on meeting her. I ran in late because it took me forever to um, get there. But I was there like before the show started. And she looked at me and she's like, are you supposed to be sitting here? Because like, <laughs> we had like, reserve. and I was like, no, yeah, I'm here. I'm so, we like had this coordinated. We had this like planned out. Um, lovely to meet you. Love oh it. <laughs> so great. Um, no, she's a, she's a superstar. Um, but we were talking about that before at, at some point, like, because it's an awkward thing to ask. It's an, it's, it is a question that people will ask, but also they're so happy that mm. it, it, you know, it, people look at marriage and muscles up in your engagement. People look at marriage as the goal to hit and that mm. might not be their goal and it's also like True. i don't know where they are in the conversation well in the teaser or the for the trailer she says yeah he's been talking marriage and oh so just I was kidding like, <laughs> so <laughs> i resent what i just so said. I no but no I, I i understand what you're saying um and there there's probably no like active plans but I yeah I was like damn we didn't get to that but then I I also feel bad because we were playing that pot of gold game with them Mm. and I think we like did like maybe one or two questions from the pot of gold because then whatever she said after one of the questions from the pot of gold it just like kind of inspired like more conversation and Mm -hmm. I was and then I realized that we didn't really actually play the game with them but it's okay honestly the thing with Dolores is she just appears so grounded and has always been since she was in the fucking background of scenes Uh back in Caroline Manzo OG days to now she has always been so consistent that regardless of how you feel about maybe some of her decisions or actions I personally feel like you have to respect this woman for really remaining true to herself and I think genuinely true to her friends which she got into she was like talking around the gen eight and stuff Uh and being like do not fuck with me and thank (laughs) god polly was there at some moments and she says this in like such a dry like almost like a sweet way where she was like i would have i would have followed her like we would have had a conversation (laughs) like and we all know like oh that woman would not have survived that no that hello that dolores would have given her without polly there yeah no patterson Dolores. patterson dolores man (laughs) don't fuck with her do not fuck with her she was also like um i know everyone in the state of new jersey i know literally (laughs) everyone and i find out everything but i don't tell anyone who my friends are which is smart very smart she's a smart cookie she's so fucking smart yeah yeah dolores truly is one of a kind i feel like there were people in the audience who were like genuinely just like so mm-hmm. excited to see her mm. specifically yes 100 percent. there's just something about her energy it's like it's like 
your cool aunt it's it's the it's your mom it's like Mm. i don't know i just yeah like like i said last night like i wish she would adopt me she (laughs) gives genuine epitome definition girl boss yes yeah she really does like people the term has been used as like this kind of like capitalist yada yada work stuff but like the job at the end of the day should be being your best self Mm -hmm. and i think dolores could teach us all a fucking lesson you know Uh, what i'm saying yes 100 percent. she's also just like the kindest human being on the planet Mm. like when when we reached out to her about doing this she was like yes baby like anything Mm. for you like she and Polly are just like so supportive of me and it That's is incredible. I, yeah. Like I'm just so grateful to them. How did that relationship begin? How did you guys connect with each other? You know what? I don't, I don't really know how it started. Like Dolores, I did some press with Dolores for season 12, the end of season 12 and the beginning of season 12. And I, I don't know. We just like sort of, it was like a spark over zoom. And then she started following me on Instagram. Polly started following me on Instagram. Mm. And they just, they're always like sliding into my DMs, like saying great job or like telling Being me. Being really how, supportive. Even just telling me I look handsome. And I'm like, wow, I love Aww. you guys. So they like literally Sweet. are my Instagram parents. <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> I love that. And I actually have to ask you, that reminds me. So you hosted a New Jersey panel at BravoCon. Yeah. How was the lead up for this and just the vibe different noting that you had of the four couples, two cast members from New Jersey? Yeah, um, it was it was different. It was actually really funny in the green room. Melissa's like, oh, we're doing this all over again. <laughs> um, but it was it was different. Obviously, it was on a much smaller scale. Mm. At the loft at the city winery as you know, uh, uh, compared to that. I don't even huge know. room. Yeah, that was a big room. I don't even know how many people it fit, but it d- a def- ton. definitely a lot more than 160 people. Um, but it was really nice because last time I had Melissa on the panel, but I didn't have. Dolores, which I was like super, super mm. uh, bummed about because obviously there's that divide in the cast and Dolores can hang with the other side of of the cast. But yeah, this I think there was like definitely less nerves going mm-hmm. into this one because, you know, if I could handle the New Jersey panel at BravoCon, I could handle a cute little V-Day show at, <laughs> at City Winery. Who was on your BravoCon panel? Remind me. It was um, Melissa and Joe. Melissa and Joe, uh, Jackie and Evan, right, and then Margaret and Joe. Right, B. right, 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 right. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Also, shout out to Joe B, who is like the cutest, mm. kindest human ever. We were at Rachel Fuda's premiere party. Me and Danny went there. Oh my god, so was like, it in New Jersey? It was in Fort Lee at this place what? called Vent- Ventanas, which was this like gorgeous. Very New Jersey experience. Oh my god, I love that. It was like it was giving like sweet sixteen <gasps> New Jersey vibes. Yes. Like it was it was so great. Like and Rachel Fuda, I who I'm really enjoying so far, she ha she like went all out. There was a woman it was an aerialist who greeted you. <laughs> yeah, an aerialist, uh like she was in this like naked oh, bodysuit no. and oh, she's no. like hanging from this hoop. And oh, serving no. you champagne. It of was like she was. the most amazing thing ever. Um, but we hung out with Joe B that night and he was just like so we like literally the entire night. Like oh I think God. we spent like consecutive hours with Oh my god. Joe Benino? I don't even Benin- know how to Benigno? say Benigno? Benigno. Oh my god, yeah. I'm literally a pizza bagel. Wait, I should no. know this. I'm not Italian. <laughs> Benigno? Benigno. Oh my Benigno. god, apologies, you guys. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But yeah, he's um he's such a cutie. Wow. 
you know, there were some moments that I found so interesting during the night, especially a conversation that Dolores had that felt like there were some jabs being thrown, like maybe Jen Aiden's way, maybe the way of the newbie of, I guess, Danielle. Is that the name of Danielle? Yeah, Danielle. The new cast member or really anybody prior and again, who knows if she was speaking directly of people. I think she was. When she was having a conversation about like staying out of fights, Mm. which I thought was so, the way she expressed herself, I had video of it. I need to put on an Instagram. But she was talking about the idea of like, it's not necessarily that I'm Switzerland. Like if I'm quiet, my ability to be neutral when obviously the Teresa, Melissa stuff, whatever else is going on, it doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion, but it does mean that like you should not take my being quiet because it's not my fight Mm. to mean that I'm not a good friend. And she was like, I'm a better friend than the people who are loud standing next to whomever at the end of the day, because it's essentially a performance. She's like behind closed doors, on TV, whatever it is, I have learned that it's not my battle. I shouldn't be the one getting involved because it's essentially going to make the situation worse. The best thing that I can do as a friend to whomever is going at it is to stay out of it, which I thought it takes so much control, so yes. much self-control, which I, I struggle with that often. Oh my God, 100%. I, yeah, I mean, if, if you threw me into like a New Jersey Housewives cast, I couldn't help but take sides. And she, you know, she might be quietly taking sides, mm. but not, not getting in the thick of it, I think, is like the secret to her success. It's, it's yeah. honestly, I still don't comprehend it because it is so divided and ugly right mm-hmm. now. And she, you know, the night before our podcast, she was doing New York Fashion Week stuff with Teresa and then is with Melissa the next night. It's like, how do you do it? Because things are so volatile and vile and like truly terrible between those two parties right, right now. But she's, she shows up in her cute little outfit and she hangs out with either one of them and it's fine. It's cool. And the thing that she also made clear was like, listen, you guys have essentially known this dynamic as toxic as it is for however many years. I have known these people since we were kids. She's like, it's not it's not a joke to me. I have known them for so long that I'm just not going to get involved because there's so much history there, Mm. which I thought was like, honestly, sort of like a sign of respect to their families, too, to be like, I'm not going to taint our past by being a fuck up in our present right yeah honestly yes exactly that that's exactly what she was saying and good for her yeah and it's interesting i think she's one of the very very few people if not literally the only person on the face of the planet that Teresa would respect for not actively shouting team tree because she obviously has a different standard for respecting dolores maintaining a neutral spot versus literally anyone else oh if if jen aiden was trying to play both sides she'd be dead to Teresa. right dolores really is the only one who who can pull this off yeah and i think a part of that is like it's not even being like it's honestly it's it's both staying neutral in quotes and also understanding that like it's actually not my responsibility to insert my voice into this because I understand because I've seen your sibling dynamic for so long or I've seen your dynamic as sisters-in-law that me involving myself puts me in a story in which I don't belong, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I think is 
important, but also unbelievably fucking difficult when you're on a show that's all about the quote unquote friend circle where there is an expectation that people are going to speak aloud their internal thoughts and get involved. Yeah, totally. And also with Dolores, she was handling other stuff this season, the whole Polly and oh my Frank God. at all. I can't wait to see how that plays out. I mean, last night they, they said they're like in a good place. Polly was, right. said some so very Frank's sweet things. Frank's a nice things. guy, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So we're good. I think that we definitely made it through. I also, yeah, I mean, Polly's such a nice guy, and I've never met Frank, but from what I can tell, he seems like a nice, right. fun, easygoing guy. And I feel like once he understood the situation, like, of course he's going to adapt to it i mean yeah and also he fucking cheated on his wife multiple times including while she was pregnant i think she right. left him while she was pregnant with their second kid yeah I, something or lo- like something, something along that like timeline. that for sure and like i don't know if like dolores wants to be happy sort- and like sort of cut you out like a little bit because like it it isn't it's a complex dynamic and yeah. i can't imagine any partners really being that cool with that i mean david was an exception him and mm-hmm. frank living together and stuff i don't know but yeah and frank stepped in to sort of cover the spot david would have had when it came to filming mm. and obviously they have a really great relationship right now as co-parents and as sort of like um platonic life partners in many ways or yeah. they had that dynamic but there was that scene in the premiere at the 80s party where Frank was like with his girlfriend and with who was it? Was it Joe and Melissa? I forget who he was with in that scene. But he said to someone he was like, you know, remember that you're on my side or something when it came to the poly stuff, which I thought was so interesting because like, sir, you're not dating your ex-wife. Like, I get what he's saying when mm. it comes to like, you know, we're friends. Make sure you stand up for me whatever. But it's also like you're literally not this person's lover. So when it comes to picking a side, we should just remember as much as I love and enjoy and think Frank is like fucking adorable. Like this isn't your role anymore. So I don't know why we would need sides. Right. It almost feels like he thought he had dibs on Dolores when he doesn't. Well, and he shouldn't like they should still be able to have a relationship. But like if she's no longer as available to him as, he was her availability to him was great for him it probably wasn't great for her right yes it probably impeded a lot of yeah potential opportunities for lovers and suitors and stuff but i'm glad that polly was able to break through at the apple store of all places at the apple store he (laughs) said that they were supposed to be on a blind date then both of their phones broke or something and then he was at an apple store in her area or something and they met there and he was like her ass whatever in those lululemon though the ass and the oh my god she was wearing unbelievable her body looked unbelievable insane she is so fucking hot she's like so hot so fucking hot i mean everybody was bringing it but like dolores you guys had these like almost bell bottom like flared all sparkle but like tie up in the front so you could see her actual leg moment it was a look and i was here for it 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 was giving jersey hot Oh, my God. Yeah, she looks so good. Yeah, and like you said, everyone looks so good. When the girls were just taking photos together in front of the step and repeat, they looked like a girl group. It was just, (laughs) it was so, so good. Everyone looked really, really hot. Everyone looked great, and the vibe was great. But I have to talk to you a little bit about New Jersey, because obviously the vibe in talking about New Jersey is so intense. 
before we get into New Jersey, I do have a question for you because in recording the most recent Andy's Girls with Friends of the Pod, Real Moms of Bravo, also like drinking game, have a shot of seltzer every time you hear Friends of the Pod. But um, I had my pals Real Moms of Bravo on and it was a great episode. But I was so fascinated when Vanessa said at one point, like Melissa Gorga is my number one housewives trigger because I have never heard that from anyone before who are like of the 140 housewives. Melissa is the person that triggers her most, which is so fascinating to me. So I have to ask you, do you have a housewives trigger, safe space, the person who you just like think of, someone brings them up in conversation, and you're like, that fucking bitch. Like they just elicit like genuine anger or frustration mm. or upset. It could be an OG. It could be someone recently is there someone genuinely hashtag safe space, someone that comes to mind? Okay. Let me let me think. I will before I get into mine, I am surprised that Melissa Gorga I is I can't believe it. A trigger. We're gonna talk about it. Okay, okay. Mine I'm gonna wait, but tell me why. Because why? Just, well, just because I think Melissa is so sane mm. am, amidst so much chaos. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like whenever her confessionals come on, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking, too. Like, I just feel like she has a grip on reality that a lot of mm-hmm. housewives don't, you know, especially juxtaposed against maybe her sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that I am I am surprised that Melissa is a trigger. Also, yeah, I just I enjoy seeing Melissa on screen. She's so gorgeous. And, She's so pretty. Yeah. OK, so my my housewives trigger. Um, it was Vicky Gunvalson for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vicky and I had a moment at BravoCon in the press room where she was so kind and so engaging and gave me a wonderful, uh, as wonderful as a two minute carpet interview can be. She was really connected. Yes. Like she was so dialed in and so nice to me touching my shoulders. Like you touch my shoulder and I'm like, <laughs> I love <laughs> like, Yeah, I'm basically, good. basically. Um, so Vicky redeemed herself, not that mm. she needed to, but I think my other, Kelly Dodd. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much, so much that goes into the Kelly Dodd of it all. And it's so crazy and so sad for me because when Kelly came on the scene, mm. I was a stan. I loved her. She shook up the OC like mm-hmm. no one else had. I mean, her in the the window of the quiet woman. Mm. What what was she doing? Like licking the window or she was like blowing. Wasn't like, she doing like a little raspberry moment yeah, or like something? Ras- or like a pufferfish kind of thing? Like a you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. So I honestly lived for all of that. And then the whole like pig of a bitch mm-hmm. message oh to vicky i think i've watched that like 500 times i honestly could watch that right after this she, <laughs> i really could she really could. she brought some really great moments to orange county but then of course like 2016 happened and it was tough it was changed. tough yeah it was tough you know she she really sort of fired herself off the show which i think she would and she has acknowledged that like it ended up being not really about her behavior on camera as much right. as what she was saying on social. Um, you know, who I, I had a conversation recently with Evan Ross Katz and we were talking about Lisa Rinna and he said something along the lines of like, you know, is she your number one, the person who tricked? Cause I just find her so fucking annoying. That's, Lisa's your trigger. No, she's not. But like, I, 
I struggle to think of who my trigger is in that moment. Historically, Lisa's never been my number one. I just like am fed up because I just think it's she's ridiculous. And like, how much can we, you know, value a person's several seasons prior work on Housewives when we're not? So you're like in full support of the menopause. Oh, full support. Okay. Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. Um, but I kind of struggled in that moment when we were recording, thinking of who would come to mind because historically it's really genuinely always been Danielle Staub. I think she is (sighs) terrifying, a dark spirit, bringing a bodyguard who is armed or whatever to a filming is psychotic and just like a bad, she, I think she's like a, a dark dark figure in housewives history but you know who it really is genuinely also from beverly hills someone who i physically cannot handle seeing or spoken of because i it like raises my blood pressure when i think of her i think she's a horrible one of the worst people to ever be on housewives it it upsets me when i see other housewives socializing with her because i'm like we all understand that this woman is like the dark web of people. Diana. Yeah. She is. I have to be very honest. I, and shout out Diana's lawyers if you're listening. <laughs> I have to be very honest. I, I genuinely am triggered when I, because I think she is a, like a terrible person. My personal opinion on this entertainment um, podcast, just a friendly reminder. It is an entertainment <laughs> podcast. If again, shout out to Diana's lawyers, but I, I really, I really think she's, she really upsets me. It's interesting you say that because I feel like there is, there's something we're missing. The fact that she zoomed into the reunion, mm. she quit the show because In of quotes. her pregnancy. Um, and yeah, I, I just feel like there is something us as viewers or fans mm. do not know. Her involvement, her participation was like no other we've seen on the show before. And it's... You mean like just during in filming, you mean? Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like she... like she, It was a little off. She was yeah, a little off. Something, something was... Something just didn't feel... Not... It didn't feel incorrect. It just felt like not. I don't know how to really wrap my head around Mm -hmm. Diana Jenkins and her one and done housewives moment. But I can see why she could be a housewives trigger just kind of knowing the the associations she had prior to Mm. the show. It's like what's going on? And then like her. Her friendships with Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane and Crystal, and I think even Kyle and Dorit. It's like everyone really um, loves her. Yeah, I think I, I honestly, you know, I really love Crystal. I think she's, uh, there's so much value that she brings to Housewives. And yes. even though I obviously have, um, talked about some things that I don't necessarily like agree with like some decisions or confusion that I've had I think she's such a fantastic member of the of the cast I truly do not understand why she's friends with Diana I think because Crystal seems so aware she's obviously like whip smart yes 
maybe it's the society of it all where it's like this is that world for the upper echelon where it's like listen you're not going to have necessarily nuanced conversations with this person but they're fun and obviously the access that they have it gets into the society of it all it's like the zaroning of it all of this is like the elite world in which we live but it's huge high high money and power like genuine like political power when it comes to the bh cast and i acknowledge it like i so don't exist in that universe at all and it's sometimes like genuinely don't understand it that I would never be in that position where I would like think like, oh, I don't know if I like this person's character, so I'm not going to go to dinner with them. You know, mm. like it's easy for me as a total outsider to be like, what the fuck? But I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it is exactly what you're saying. I think that Diana exists in a world that is even like more elite than it's so elite than the Beverly Hills cast who is like the most elite of right. the housewives. Like right. it's almost like she's like entered another dimension. And yeah. so I guess for, you know, Erica and Crystal and Rena and you know, maybe even Kyle to have access to this galaxy. Right. Is, you know, attractive. Yeah. And I wonder really, I guess this is more about Rena and Erica, like how much of their friendship is about Diana versus being a fuck you to like Sutton and Garcelle. Oh, that's interesting. You know, like they're posting these like little their own little fucked up dream team made in hell photos of like when they hang out and have their all expense paid trips to Hawaii or or whatever. And that's all fine and good. But like, I just wonder, like, are we doing this because we like spending time together? Obviously they do. And there are, I'm sure, a lot of like positive aspects of Diana that we just didn't see because maybe she was uncomfortable filming or she just doesn't have that kind of like personality in that way and maybe she's dry in a way that didn't come across well on camera but I just I don't I don't get it I just don't it, there's a there's a coldness to Diana that feels different from the critique let's say of Sutton as being potentially cold there's like a Sutton stuff feels more like it's um sometimes like a struggle for Sutton in social surroundings that she mm-hmm. might feel a little uncomfortable versus Diana's coldness, which does not feel like that's about, you know, maybe a group it's setting like, vibe. Maybe it's like just like kind of like detachment because yeah. she ex- she really does exist in a different world. So she doesn't world. have to connect if she doesn't want to. Right. right. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I think maybe maybe it's that because like she's kind of like just kind of I don't want like she's kind of like taking a few steps down to like meet these other girls because she's in her like totally political pj right life and then she like steps down from the cloud to film right and she it, there it's very low stakes for her mm-hmm. you know she doesn't need this paycheck like whatsoever so like no, she's not cashing the check so, exactly she's like what's his paper right, right. <laughs> throw that in the fire so <laughs> like, like whatever like, happened didn't matter yeah. yeah but the interesting thing about housewives is like that this is the thing that sometimes like very wealthy people the few times that's um existed in housewives in the housewives universe like actual wealth the problem that i think some of those like very wealthy or famous people we've seen that with some like housewife actresses who've joined is that there's an understanding of like 
your role in the, you know, Hollywood 100 or something, Mm -hmm. let's say like people treat you with a certain amount of deference and there's a respect that people are, they're, you know, kissing your toes kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like they, there's a bowing down that people give because they understand your money, your influence, your power, and like the risk of pissing you off, which doesn't translate in housewives because the dynamic is different. There's a focus on conflict. Um, there's potentially an a vested interest in maybe not getting along with this person for the purposes of fulfilling your duty as a housewife who's bringing something to, to the table. And also the Bravo community cannot be bought with money. They can be bought with access. Fans can be bought with empathy, the mm-hmm. story for someone, admiration, affection based on however they connect with a specific housewife. But money alone, while it helps definitely with us being like, oh my gosh, she has so much fucking money, like die for her being on housewives, that that doesn't last as long as it would with these like one-on-one IRL connections. And I think mm. that's the thing that people fall into because also they might have power and influence or whatever, but they're not a star. They're known and her, she might be known all over the world in her like well-heeled, well-traveled groups, but people, you know, Susie Upper East Side over here doesn't fucking know her until she's on TV. It's not, there isn't, it's not equal. It's not apples to apples because she might be able to buy or sell whomever she wants at any given time, but that doesn't mean she's going to be adored or admired or even respected when she comes on Housewives. Yeah, yeah. And like, there was possibly just like a lack of star power, you know, like, yeah, do you, like if she had had it, maybe if she was a different person, this could have been a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. If she was totally different. If she was a totally different person, this might've worked, Yes, but like wish her the best. She'll never come back. She's never going to cameo. And we are all thankful for that. And we wish her best with her jill- bajillions of dollars, bajillions of dollars. She does a lot of charity work. She's got the fucking drink and, you know, let's quench the thirst. You know what I'm saying? I think that's great. And more power to her. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. 
Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkels-clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And that was such a sidebar (laughs) into um, a conversation that I want to redirect back to Jersey, because obviously there are people who do seem to be very, very triggered by Melissa, maybe not necessarily their number one trigger, but people who have a lot of anger and frustration for Melissa and Joe 
who are not on their side in the way that they might be for Teresa, putting aside Louie, a totally separate conversation. But, um, you know, when it comes to the argument that some people have of like, the thing with Melissa and Joe is they're only on the show because of Teresa. They're only on the show because they're members of Teresa's family. All they do on the show is talk about Teresa. What's your response to that? As someone who I think empathizes a lot with with maybe Melissa, potentially. Yes. Well, I do love my Melissa and I love Joe, too. I think that like my response to that is, OK, like maybe Teresa was the gateway for them to come on the show but why what's so wrong about that like why why do they need to be penalized for you know acting on an opportunity i think that if the roles were reversed and it was melissa and joe on the show first and Teresa could have come on i kind of feel like she would sign the dotted line mm-hmm. and want to be a real housewife because at that point like who wouldn't want to be a real housewife I don't know. I just kind of why I also am so perplexed why we this conversation is coming up so many years later about how she got on the show. Mm. If she told Teresa or not, if they weren't getting along, why would she tell her? I feel like, you know, from what I've heard from Melissa's side, it's like it wasn't a secret. Like, I don't think she was trying to blindside her. But like. Why would she also like send a card in the mail to be like, hi, I'm the new housewife. Like, can't wait to see you when filming begins. I don't know. Like, Melissa explained it on my BravoCon panel because someone in the audience was like, you guys were, in a good, were not in a good place when you joined the show. Like, you knew that it would only make things worse. And then I'll never forget it. The, the fan was like, did okay. you choose money and fame over family? And then the whole crowd was like, and then Melissa kind of said exactly what I said. It's like, why wouldn't I take this opportunity? Like every girl here on stage with me took an opportunity and made the most of it and built what they've built by being within the Real Housewives franchise. So I don't know. I don't like I don't think she did anything wrong. Like. I know that family dynamics are complicated and reality TV probably doesn't make it easier, but. I mean, what was she to do? And if she didn't have Melissa and Joe at the time come on the show, we would have never had so many, I mean, painful moments, but so many mm-hmm. iconic moments. I mean, look, look at how much story that drove on the show. What, what would she have done? Who would she have fought with? Like, this is a, a show centered on conflict and resolution. And Teresa and the Gorgas did that so beautifully. There was massive, explosive conflict. Then we kind of like made this peace pact. And the Gorgas, you know, helped Teresa out as much as they could when she went to camp. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It was just like there, there. it was a really like insane kind of arc that we saw with them. And without that, what would what would she have done? Yeah. And the thing is, I think the argument that some people have, which I understand, is like, listen, being on reality TV is breaking your family. But the reality is, honestly, if they weren't on reality TV, I don't think their family would be good. We just wouldn't be seeing it. It might it might be uh, less. There would probably be like less communication. Right. Like at least with filming, it forces them to be in the same room and address their issues. And then, you know, I think that the show was ultimately the conduit for this. Like, I mean. Unfortunately, it was temporary, but like mm. some years of peace. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, Louis said at one point in those text messages that were released that like reality TV like ruined your family. And he's not wrong in saying that. But the the reality here is their family was fractured before they joined. That's why that's why maybe Melissa didn't tell her she was joining. That's why Teresa reacted the way that she did when Melissa and Joe were a part of the cast, because that's why Teresa reacted the way she did when uh, Danielle said at the reunion, like you didn't visit your sister-in-law when she was in the hospital or whatever it was after she had just given birth, like because Teresa didn't want to talk about this. And there's some valid reason there, but the reason is because she didn't want to talk about the dysfunction in their relationship on camera. She didn't want to go near that. And while that is honestly understandable it doesn't mean that the relationship wouldn't have been fucked had melissa and joe not been on tv Uh, yeah right like i don't think that melissa saying no to housewives would Would have have helped it wouldn't have saved the relationship right and i also think like it's tough you know i watch new jersey for the third time we both do this where we rewatch before we're like talking about a certain episode or something um or interviewing someone and it is Oh boy, at a certain point, it's like, oh my God, third time's a job. I can't believe I'm going through this again. But there was a moment when Teresa was talking with, I don't even remember, and I've seen it 700 times, or also known as three, but was talking with Louie and maybe Marge and Joe in that um, cheese and cracker conversation. Did you actually see the cheese and crackers, by the way? I don't know that I saw Do the you cheese know and what? crackers. I got to watch it for a 10th rem- time right. and see I don't if the cheese and crackers. Yeah, note to self. <laughs> I mean, I know Teresa's new at apologizing, but like, where was that cheese, babe? Because uh, she, she promised the she cheese did and promise crackers at the made skating clear party. clear that we, which I actually really appreciated, that she was like, there'll be cheese and crackers, i.e. like, it's Eat not going to be you a, come. Yeah, and i.e. like, we're not going to have a sit down meal. Like, you know, what I'm, like you could have been like, we could have wine and there's an expectation that there's going to be like a cheese or a cracker. Uh-huh. Or you could just say cheese and crackers, which I actually was like. Not bad. I, I appreciate that. Very upfront, yes. Very upfront. <laughs> okay. Um, but there was a, I'm just thinking of Teresa being upfront. Uh, you know, there was a moment where she was talking about the, you know, difficulty in her dynamics with with Joe and Melissa and the blame that she feels that they should carry for uh, that she uh, uh sort of sent Marge's way for even saying you're the reason why things are not great with my family right now. That was weird. It, it was a moment, but there was also a, a moment in that I think it was in that scene where she was like and I don't blame my brother essentially for what he says I blame Melissa which obviously takes out the idea that like talking even saying I don't want to talk about Louie or I'm going to say aloud this text I was just sent I don't know how much of a test that is when you know this person's job responsibility or you know your job responsibility is to talk about these things on Mm. camera so I don't know how much of a real character flaw that that really was when you think of it outside Teresa's perspective but the idea that it's always ultimately Melissa's fault it's Melissa's fault that Joe is uh, in Teresa's eyes choosing his wife over his sister it's Melissa's fault that Joe doesn't go on the birthday trip it's Melissa's fault that they're fighting it's Melissa's fault that they're at war it's Melissa's fault that you know, 10 years ago, page page six, actually, the New York Post, rather, did a story of like Louis X, mm, you know, right. raising awareness for their toxic relationship. Like it's always Melissa's fault. And that is, uh, I would think, a tough um, 
view to get out of because I think it's so set in Teresa's head. Oh, yeah. she Her feet are, she is, like, sticking in that. She's not moving from that. I don't think so. And, like, even no matter whose fault it is, like, I don't think it's ever going to not be Melissa's fault in her eyes. I think it's also a way, like, if she's sort of, like, putting that thought and idea out into the universe, mm. I think that's also, and she's, because she's probably expressed this to, like, Joe's, Joe himself, I'm sure she has, even on camera, that it's M- Melissa's fault all the time. I feel like maybe that's a way of playing her brother in a way and, like, sort of, like, manipulating him and trying to make him turn against Melissa, like, by saying that, you know, it's all because of you that we have a, it's all because of Melissa that you and I have a fucked up relationship. So I think that's kind of just like an easy, an easy manipulation tactic mm. for her. And that's how I see it. Um, just placing the blame all on Melissa when like she should be placing a portion of the blame on herself. Yeah. And it's a tactic that Joe Judice did too. Like Juicy Joe did with their parents and uh. with Teresa and Joe's parents and saying, um, I don't know how much of it was about Melissa, but in saying Joe was to blame for any mm. break in communication with his parents, that it was Joe was to blame for the dynamic with Teresa. It's something that I think that they both did at different parts in their marriage. Obviously, they're no longer together, but that idea of, oh, I don't know, of culpability being mm. only and entirely in this person's camp um, it makes me think a little bit of what Teresa shared with us this week that she sees a lot of herself in her father when it comes to like um, a hair trigger temper and the idea that this person would just kind of explode and react and that she is working on herself and she sees the way that was kind of like a generational um, uh, behavior that was passed down to her because that was the environment in which she lived. Um you know, there was also an environment of like not getting along, mm-hmm. you know, Kathy Wakili's parents were estranged from Teresa and Joe's parents. Um, you know, there was the idea of like seeing how a break in the foundation of a family can carry for decades potentially mm-hmm. and maybe not seeing that necessarily as a bad thing surely as a sad thing but like it not necessarily being dissimilar to the judy j tradition right which is a complicated understanding that i don't think that Teresa necessarily has like you understand your father would fight but you also understand your father wouldn't forgive Mm. yeah yeah it's just her conditioning and they both had that but i feel like joe you know, obviously Joe Gorga is a show pony mm. and he loves it. He loves the show uh. and being on it and um, and in being like he's a performer. He yeah. likes and the attention and he definitely performed at. Oh, at my God. He show. was he, he was performing. He's yeah. Performing he's just a natural. Also, I want to give him a shout out. I was noticing uh, in my peripheral vision that he was so dialed in mm. and paying attention to every segment and everything that yeah. everyone was saying. And I really appreciated that because not everyone in that talent section. No, was they were attention. they were they were turtle timing. <laughs> yes. There was a little turtle time. But he was he was clocked in. Yeah, he and he is also he's like he's focused and there's stuff going on there. I just it's interesting when you think of the fact that these people were obviously raised in the same household by the same parents 
And maybe they have similar takeaways, which has influenced their alienation from each other. But I also feel like, as with any sibling dynamic, you can be family and be related and be raised in the same environment and just be very, very different people. Mm. I don't know. I feel like there's probably definitely similarities there in how they react to each other. Um, Obviously, they can both be like expressive a la explosive but I also think that like I don't know it feels like he's just genuinely they're they are genuinely very different from each other I don't know if I'm like the only person in the world that sees that or believes it rather no I see it I mean he is a Leo and she is a Taurus (laughs) so wait what does that mean I don't know all I know is that Vicky Gumbelson and I share the same birthday March 27th Um, shout out Victoria your um, favorite yes my fave my former trigger shout out shoulders (laughs) yes (laughs) um so I love astrology so much um Joe is a Leo so he's he's really warm um even though he's can be like a little fiery and, and aggressive yeah um he is he's very warm and there's like a super like loving affectionate side of him um Tauruses from my experience and I have lots of Tauruses in my life Danny my co-host he is a Taurus um my best friend from college is a Taurus but they love a grudge they love a grudge they love to hold on to it they love to hang on to it um so yeah you don't want to like get on a Taurus's bad side because you're gonna be on the bad side for a really long time and that's what I think is the problem here with Teresa I feel like I feel like Joe can get over things faster than Teresa but with Teresa it it sits and simmers in her Taurus heart, and it's going to be there for a really long time, if not eternity. And Louis has now joined this in saying, you know, I can't believe you didn't call your brother a bitch boy prior, and Melissa is insecure or weak or see, the I, phrasing I that he used. I get Louis because he's, he's telling, yeah, you should have called him a bitch boy before, but then he's out on Teresa's podcast talking about, like, Joe's a great guy. He's the best. I, I don't understand what Louis' M.O. is. I'm very confused by him. I'm, I'm obviously concerned for Teresa, given his past. Like, I, I actually am worried, you know? Like, I, I don't know. It's giving, like, future intervention vibes for... Really? For, I mean, he's allegedly slammed his ex-wife into a pole over a custody dispute. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I got that exclusive. For page six, I obtained the police report, and that was that was a thing. I mean, how long ha- ago was that? It happened like I think like it, maybe ten years ago. But like, wow, that's not that long ago. Right. Ten years is a day, honestly. Really, I know. In the yes. book of life, that is just a page. I know, and so that scares me for Teresa, mm. it, just being with a guy who's capable of alleged behavior such as that. So. I don't know. And it that juxtaposed against the namaste, zen, mm-hmm. I go to therapy, I love to talk about my feelings of it all. It's just kind of like giving me like Dirty John vibes. And his family, you know, obviously they seem to be, from what we've been told, very expressive, very emotional. Yeah. His mother is a therapist. He is not a therapist. His mother is a therapist. Right. But then in that text release that we saw, he's saying things about them needing to connect with each other and get through this that makes sense. Like that yeah. you would want Teresa's partner to say versus Juicy Joe. Not like, I mean, talk about 
you know, opposite sides of the spectrum. But like Juicy Joe would be like, go fuck yourself. You know, like I'll see you after school. You know, I'll see you after class. I'll like try to beat the shit out of you. You know, like it's a very he as I think Andy himself said, like you could not pick a more polar opposite partner to the one that you had. And there's not necessarily it is not necessarily a bad thing for Teresa to hear like listen to Margaret you're not listening to her like you're saying that you're different but like let's go off of your behavior in the now you know but then one wonders like is there a cost to this you know we're we're thinking far ahead we haven't I don't know you know like there's people are trying to like pick up clues here of like is he isolating her I don't know. Teresa has done a pretty good job of isolating herself. So I don't know that this would be going better without him there. But I do think that there is genuine, understandable concern. It's just that Teresa, because she loves him so much and she wants him to work, I think there's like a frantic nature to her trying to silence any of that conversation because she's afraid he's going to leave. Yes, I think she definitely wants to prove a point here. Mm. And I don't know what goes on behind closed doors Mm -hmm. in anyone's relationship. If things aren't wonderful, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, from what we see, their love bubble is not bursting. Um, But if things inside the love bubble, when the lights and cameras are off, are not great, I don't think she would tell anyone. I think that she's going to stick this out just to let the viewers know, let the Gorgas know that she was not wrong in choosing Mm. to commit herself to Louis. Yeah, and there's an extra pressure placed on many of these women when they feel like they need to win. When they feel Mm. like, I'm going to prove all of you wrong, I'm going to get my happy, happy ever after, my happy ending and I think of um Countess Luann marrying Tom she knew what she was getting herself into and either she was sort of okay with it and how they structured their relationship or um she wasn't but didn't want to call it off she wanted to prove Bethany wrong she wanted to prove her friends wrong and like be with this man and have her special day and she had it and then seven months later they they were done seven or eight months months later it was over and I just I don't think it's um a direct comparison to what we're seeing with Teresa and Louie but I do also wonder you know we talk about like the ability for very few of these couples to like work through stuff because housewives made them confront some of their issues now they're stronger than ever or um yeah we're getting a divorce because we can't hide this anymore because we tried to hide it from you know bajillions of viewers and we failed and then also the like, I I need to be right here, not just for mm. my heart, you know, for everyone else's eyes. And then Teresa and Louis also have the wedding special coming up. So like what happens yeah. between now and then, like, you know, they kind of probably are going to want to be like in it to win it until then or or after. And, you know, maybe things are wonderful and great. I just, you know, a cheetah doesn't change his spots, right? Is that what they say? So. Well, I mean, it is one of those interesting things of like, I really think there's so much support of Teresa being, you know, like finding peace 
where even if you uh, uh, where if you agree with her thoughts or her position and the dynamic and the estrangement with her brother and sister-in-law or you think of or you agree with Melissa and Joe's perspective and you empathize with them more I think that there are a lot of people who have seen what Teresa has experienced and survived have seen the ways that she has cared for and provided for her kids like as a single parent and has gotten herself out of you know paid back all of the money that was owed and done so very quickly like that was her first focus was to put this behind her as best she could and make herself whole where it's like okay from like a romantic perspective we want Teresa to feel whole and to feel settled with someone a partner who potentially deserves her because I do think she genuinely has a lot of love to give yeah and it's just I think that there is genuine you know maybe just like a little about this Louie person because many of us do want the best for her like I fucking hated her season three and four (laughs) I was like what the fuck like it's I just felt like there was it was a really dark time in her it just felt like she had a lot of um, misplaced anger where I just felt I, I, I genuinely instinctively empathize with Melissa at that point because it felt like Melissa was being targeted regardless of the how did you join all of this stuff. And, um, you know, I really appreciate and admire a lot of how I, I've seen Teresa grow and survive, you know, and really she went to fucking prison and of her husband you know like she was married to this man who didn't love her who was cheating on her who called her a cunt in a napa valley vineyard to this whomever like woman he was stooping back home like he was not a good guy he was not deserving of her and i don't know that most people can ever find someone who where you're deserving of each other but it it kind of it, it gives some of us pause yeah yeah, for sure. And even though I've made it clear that I love Melissa Gorga, like you, I am astounded and amazed and love to see how much Teresa has grown over the years. And I do want to acknowledge that she has experienced so much mm. on the show and she ultimately is a survivor. Like, Yeah. And she said it herself on her podcast. I listened to that episode where she was like, she had like a, it was like a, she had a a little spiel ready, which landed well of like, I've been to jail. I've, you know, husband stuff. Um, I, I genuinely, unfortunately, like forget. But do you remember it was like a? It was like I, I gave birth. On I gave the it the show. show. Yeah, da, got, da, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. yeah. It was like a fall. It was. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it, it was it, honestly it, like, like spoken word. Yeah, like it yeah. should be framed. It was a little slam poetry. Yeah. I was into it. It was like a meant to be a slam against Melissa, but it was it was it was well written. Um, and so she had these moments, and she was like, "And what you know, like what have Melissa and Joe done? They've just been essentially like related to me, and." There's a lot of truth there in what Teresa has shared with us and the pressures that she's been under. But also, like, I don't know. I I hear her and I, like, listen and and nodding. But also, like, I don't know that it's Melissa and Joe's fault that, like, they didn't commit a crime. You know what I'm saying? Like, she didn't. Melissa didn't have a child on the show. Like, it it, not to take away from what Teresa has showed us because she really has gone through it and we've been through it together. But also some of this stuff, it shouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. 
that we haven't experienced it. Right. And I think how much of that is Melissa's fault that she hasn't. Right. Like none of it is Melissa's fault. Really? Like exactly what you said, like Melissa didn't commit a crime, so she can't show her jail journey or the lead up or the aftermath on the show because she didn't go to jail. She didn't get pregnant on the show. You know, like, I mean, it's not her family planning did not go according to she was just at a she had a but she had a fucking two month old or something. She was saying when she joined her former. Exactly. And I think that Melissa, she didn't offer a rebuttal, but there was a Bravo account. I think Bravo chat room Mm. kind of put together a list of the things Melissa has done on the show in response. I'm going to pull it up right now. Pull it up. Um. Just reminding the viewers that Melissa has also, you know, done, done a lot. I mean, I mean, including being like, I'm not a stripper, you know, like there's, right. there's pressure that Melissa has been under that I think is um, something, uh, you know, for, for people to see. Okay. So Bravo chat room. Do you see the post? I see yes. it. Okay. Tell us. Okay, so the, some of the things that they've pointed out that Melissa has done on the show. I started a business on the show. I recorded and performed original music on the show, which <laughs> is my my favorite. Okay, but like the fact that we're equalizing that with like Teresa going to prison is, it is that is funny to me. I'm sorry, I, <laughs> you, I, you lose a point for me on that. I'm I, sorry. Oh, you gain five points okay. for me. By, and yes, I love this. I do also have to say, guys, that I put on um, music when guests arrived to the Clawfest and I did have on display playing when yes which arrived. was which was the perfect vibe Hashtag set. Be real. okay yep continue <laughs> okay I navigated multiple character assassination attempts by my sister-in-law <laughs> oh my, my sister-in-law <laughs> the Bravo community is so fucking shady my Holy sister-in-law shit. tried to set me up on camera with the vicious lie i.e strippergate I have been accused by my sister-in-law of being a gold digger. I have been accused by my sister-in-law of cheating on her brother. Oy. I have forgiven my sister-in-law time and time again. I don't worry about a storyline because I'm living my authentic life. I started the show with my integrity and still have my integrity. I was married before the show and I'm still married on the show. We are not the same. We will never be the same. Thank God for that. So Melissa shared this on her story. So clearly she co-signs this. I mean, yeah. I, there. <laughs> It's- she recorded original music on the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let it not be forgotten. I obviously I'm not a tree hugger. What are Mal- what are gorgets? What's a what's Oh, a I like gorgets. I call myself Displayers? I'm a gorgita crunch. <laughs> that is what I am. I I didn't bring this up to her last night, but I wanted to let her know. I wanted to let uh the gorgas know that that is the fan name. I I have appointed myself a gorgita crunch. Wait, that is because <laughs> I really don't know because I I know that the opposite someone said this I'm not that smart um that the opposite of a tree hugger is a tree logger which I have been using I think that's really funny <sighs> I might be honestly getting maybe there was a different way of saying no I think it was a logger a tree hugger versus a tree logger but I never knew what Gorga people were I mean I, I think I'm going to start the Gorgita Crunch movement. I love a Gorgita Crunch. Yeah. I love a Gorgita Crunch. So tasty. Yes. You know, the comparison, it's tough. And also, doesn't that go back into a little of the the original sin that um, tree huggers say, which is what has she done without her sister? So much of that was obviously like surviving character assassination attempts, but... It does all obviously tie back to Teresa. I would think in Teresa's head and the head of tree hookers, they would be like, yeah, point made exactly according to our argument. Right. I agree. I did not. I just saw her share the little post and I didn't read every bullet point. Yeah. But yes, other than recording original music, it all related back to 
Teresa, um, which is what it is. Is what it is. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. This is the thing of like, this is why I love AG and having these conversations because I literally last episode, tr- uh, you know, Melissa No Bueno. This episode, Melissa Bueno, and we're gonna have different perspectives throughout the course of the season. I think it's important to have that. And I also feel like, you know, a la Dolores, you and I probably have a similar perspective on this, which is like maybe being like understanding and maybe connecting definitely with Melissa's perspective on 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 this and on a lot of it, but also being open to the conversation, which I think is obviously incredibly important, not just as content creators, but just like in surviving right. the the online war. I mean, I am definitely pro Melissa, but I am by no means anti Teresa. Does right. Teresa frustrate me sometimes on the show? Just like as a as a character, yes, but I appreciate her, mm-hmm. and she's been through a lot, and she is. She is an icon. She is an icon. And like Bethany said, she belongs on the Mount Rushmore of housewives. Like when you think of New Jersey, you do think of Teresa Judice, and that will never change. Who would be on your Mount Rushmore? Um, I think that Teresa is on the Mount Rushmore, but my personal Mount Rushmore. Yeah, let's do both, actually. Can we do both? Okay. What do you think is the Mount Rushmore? I think the Mount Rushmore is like. Kind of like, I think this is probably similar to what Bethany said, but I think it's like Bethany, Nini, Vanderpump, Teresa. Who am I forgetting? Maybe Vicky? Vicky. Okay, that's a lot Vicky of heads. Would be okay, on, we yeah, got a lot so, of presidents. So that's, that's okay. that. My personal Mount Rushmore would look a lot different. It's like, um, it's like Melissa Gorga, Dorit Kemsley. <gasps> Whoa! I love Dorit so much. I Holy shit. I am also a Dorito crunch. Like, I... <laughs> It's it's chip culture. You're yes. a member of chip culture. That's <laughs> yes. what I'm hearing. Yeah, I love I love Dorit and Melissa, obviously. Um I think I would put Kenya is on my Mount Rushmore. Oh, I just wow. I love Kenya Moore mm. so so Mm-mm. much. Love. I think Kenya Moore hair. People yeah. were saying that we uh, did a Kenya a Moore hair hair. Yes. The entirety of the room sold out room. I uh I love her so much. And then maybe um <laughs> I, Adri- Adriana Demore. I love Adriana Demore. She wow. is so. This is so fucking wild. Also, we do have to say you are a pop connoisseur. So yes, we sh- aside from Dorit, these are all pop icons yes. within the Housewives canon. Wondering if that's a happy accident or a window into your interest and connectivity here. It is a window into my interest and connectivity here. One hundred percent. I am a. My little gay heart <laughs> loves a gorgeous woman singing an auto-tuned pop song. Yes. So if you, so Dorit, you're up next, babe. Like she should. Why hasn't she? Uh, she absolutely should. With I, that voice, with the accent, uh, my we could do a boy George feature on for it. Re- like, why hasn't that? Oh, she did do that thing where she like sort of performed for PK right on the boat or whatever. Oh yeah, I think so. Okay, boy George so, helped her. Yeah, she's, she hasn't done original music. She she needs to be the she next one to, to add recorded original music Amen. to her housewife resume. Thousand percent. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Oh, Meredith Marks. I do. I love Meredith. Just, you know, she's. On your Mount Rushmore. What's the difference between your Mount Rushmore and your like top five faves? Mm. 
I don't think there is a difference. Okay. Because, yeah. like, I would think Mount Rushmore is, like, contributions to oh, society. I see. I see. This, the housewife society of, like, these are the, you know, like, Abe Built Lincoln, Vicky Gumbelson, <laughs> right. even Swap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, Then I think, okay, then if I think we're, it's, it's, yes, okay. So apologies I'm, to Meredith Marks, a.k.a. Brooks Marks. But <laughs> I don't I know. I think Meredith has contributed a lot. She, I mean, her disengaging that one season yeah. was phenomenal. Two seasons, even. Right. Um, but then, yeah, I guess if we're like talking about like the, the foundation on which this housewives empire mm. was built, then I think that like, I just kind of agree with Bethany's assessment. She was kind of, yeah, she was spot, spot on. on with, with who she feels is on the Mount Rushmore herself yeah. included. Of course. <laughs> How do we feel about Bethany these days? You know what? I'm okay. Yeah. on Bethany. Like, yeah, I, um, I love the foray mm-hmm. into like beauty TikTok um, mm-hmm. for her. Like it seems like she's having fun with that. I do think that sometimes she'll just like give an opinion because she knows page six will write it up immediately. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's about Harry and Meghan or who else does she come for? She yeah, comes she's for... got some interesting obsessions. Yeah. It, Can't let it go. Interesting for sure. But yeah. you know, I, when you watch her back on New York housewives, especially during her like second run, mm. it's just, She's so good. She understood the assignment. She yeah. delivered every time. I think I watched back the Life is Not a Cabaret scene mm. recently. Miami and Meltdown. That deserved an Emmy. The way she was standing up. Like, you could literally, like, audition for Tish with that <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> like, you 100% could. Oh my God. Can I tell you, I auditioned for Mary Mount, my alma mater, with a monologue from Oleana, David Mamet, and I forgot um, the entirety of it. So I had to improv David Mamet. Which... And, and do you still get in for acting? Um, not initially. But we made it. We, we made it. We, made have, it. we okay. eventually made it. Um, because I, I literally, guys, I, it's, uh, David Mamet is, um, choosy with his words and I had not adequately prepared for my college audition and I fully, the, <laughs> the I remember someone who was in my audition group, um, later said who I was in, um, the theater department with for acting would later was like, um, I saw the fear in your eyes. Cause I was like a high school senior who, was supposed to fucking say some shit and I was just I was doing jazz at that point, which is not what you want to do. But look, you still Mamet. made the dream come still true. made the dream happen. Musical yeah. theater performance, baby. All day long. All day long. Where's your original music? I don't know. Dylan Hafer and I did um was it last holiday season. You can see it somewhere on my Instagram. We did a um a redo of Santa Baby called oh. Andy Baby, which was about bringing back. I don't remember what it was about. I think it was about. It was like we redid all the words and sang it. And it was either about like bringing back housewives who were no longer on or about like appreciate. Oh, no, I think we did a couple songs, actually, which you can see my Instagram. Okay, it's terrible. So. That I don't remember something about. Oh, um, you've got a friend, maybe was like for friends of. And then oh. Andy Baby, I think, was like bringing back people who okay. we wanted to rejoin. I'm going to scroll back Housewives. because I, I know, need I to see forget. this. I will find it, guys. I will find it in the plethora of posts existing on the grid and, yes. and keep things uh, keep things going. Um. Listen, you've got a platform, obviously, on your podcast and here on AG. Anything that you want to speak truth to power while you're here? Any kind of like 
this is my time and I'm going to, I'm going to take up the space. I'm going to take space and engage Mm. in any kind of like hot take that you have, thing that you're thinking about of truly anything Bravo or anything else that you've got that you want to talk about? You want to say? Yeah, I do want to say something. I was actually talking about this last night with someone and I can't remember who it was with. Okay. We were talking about Jesus. Vi- <laughs> yes, it was with Jesus. It was just with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus got to take I it. Was, I was telling Jesus my thoughts on um, Vanderpump Rules, and I haven't seen... I just watched it. Was it good? To, uh, yeah. Out of 10. Um, uh, unlisted number. Okay. Um, I, was, I was really pleasantly surprised, uh, and I, I, was, I was into it, but I don't know what number it would be, but I was into it. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, but I was saying how I think Sheena Shay mm. is as opposed to the other Sheenas. As a, as opposed to Sheena Marie, <laughs> <laughs> Sheena Shay is another again another pop girl, mm. another Bravo pop girl. Good as gold. I love her so much. I think she is so undervalued and underappreciated, and yeah. the true MVP of that show. She gives you everything mm-hmm. she is not ashamed of Mm-mm. anything she will do whatever needs to be done to push a story mm-hmm. even if it's at her own expense and i love and appreciate her so much for that and i know a lot of people say oh sheen is so annoying and I, you know whatever everyone's entitled to their own mm. opinion i'm i'm not here to tell you what annoys you and what shouldn't annoy you mm-hmm. but I just love Sheena so, so much. And I wish more of the Bravo fandom loved her with the same Mm. amount of enthusiasm that I do. She's your galley time. She is is my galley time. I love that. Happy galley time, Sheena. Happy galley time, Sheena Shay. You're totally right. Or Sheena Marie or Sheena Marie Valletta or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) New married name. What's what's a a new uh, married name? Davies. uh, Sheena Sheena Davies? Yes. Oh, right, because Brock. Uh, Brock, too, who I know Brock is Brock, (laughs) but what he is is hot to me. Really? I am into that thick muscle oh daddy situation. The hair. A lot of hair. Oh my god. He and then meeting him in person was just like, wow, you are the hottest human. Wow, you've ever. got a type. I've got a type, baby, and it is Brock. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is so fine. Also, he has the same birthday as my fiance, so Oh we've got a we've got a connection. Me Your and Brock. fiance who I met twice this week. Yeah. And is so such a dream boat. So yeah. sweet. So lovely. So supportive. So supportive. Yeah. Do you guys know when you're getting married? Um, yes. It was funny. Uh, Lindsay and Carl were saying how this week they're uh, like about to sign the yeah, contract. Yeah, their venue. And we are, we're in the same spot. <gasps> um, so same venue? No, 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 no. Not the same oh, venue. Oh, but same, like, same position yeah, and timing. We're, uh, we're about to sign for our venue, but we have like questions with the contract. So we're just like figuring mm. out that stuff. But hopefully... April 6, 2024. Wow. That's yeah, exciting. So, yeah, yeah. We're really pumped. Palm Springs. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. So chic. Yeah. So chic. So gay. Maybe <laughs> so Sheena Shea will perform. Maybe Who Sheena Shea could do your first dance. That would or be. Or down the aisle and you could repeat it much like Sheena. Uh, Just yes. do it twice, Sheena. Just do it twice. I, I would For love that. She, uh, we're having her on the podcast soon. So oh, maybe I'll, um, maybe I'll just ask her. 
I think you should. Also, shout out to Lindsay and Carl who are getting married. They said on a beach. Did they say the fall of this year? Fall of this year and they wanted to be filmed. Yeah, they were. Lindsay was like, you can't imagine how hard it is to plan a wedding, let alone plan a wedding. And you are trying to make sure that your entire production is taken care of and that right. filming is allowed. So it sounds like filming is definitely going to happen. I don't know. Do we know if it would be for Summer House or a special or what? I asked her if she was thinking wedding special and she's, she seemed to be open to that idea. What I also, because, you know, there's not enough time for everything. I did. I do wish I asked which of her castmates would be invited because going into this season. Wow. Great question. You know, not a lot of the house is vibing with Lindsay and Carl at the start of the season. So I'm hoping they still got a good crew of the summer house people come. I mean, it seems like the whole Kyle situation is different now, but I imagine he and Amanda would obviously be invited. I don't think even though Carl's no longer with Loverboy that they're written off it's just like their friendship has evolved into a a different place yeah and I was talking to Carl after the show I chatted with Melissa and then Carl and Carl was talking about like we just went to dinner or whatever because I was picking his brain about business stuff and yeah um was telling him about the claw and um and he's he was like we're essentially like in a good place like he would still partner with them and he's still invested in Loverboy which he also said on stage which is great yeah but, the, you know, the, the heartbreak, really, as much as the Carl Kyle stuff is going to be tough to watch, which they repeatedly said during the event, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough watch, tough to get through. This whole Danielle Lindsay thing just sounds like it's going to be a heartbreaker. And it doesn't sound like it's getting repaired anytime soon, which is really distressing to a lot of us. Yeah, it is distressing. Sometimes I think like these Bravo friend breakups are more devastating than like a relationship. Totally. Breakup because 100%. I, I think with like the friendships, you kind of like see yourself and your bestie in them or you yes. just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know whether it's like a bromance or like two girls just like having this like really tight bond. It's, mm. it's, it's tough when that like crumbles and unravels and especially like Danielle and Lindsay because I, D- Danielle was so ride or die for Lindsay and if Danielle decided she didn't want to be ride or die anymore and if like something like super like egregious happened like good for her for separating herself and finding her new path I just kind of makes me sad for Lindsay because of all the girls in the house Danielle like really really had her back and without Mm -hmm. Danielle I'm not sure that she has a super strong female support within the house anymore maybe maybe some of the newbies step in to like fill that role once danielle decides that she's done but yeah i don't know i did ask Lindsay if there's like hope for a reconciliation in the future and she you know she's not ruling it out so maybe yeah but it didn't sound like much of enough she was like i'm a hopeful person but like dot 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 you know like yeah make draw your own conclusion and it also is sad because i don't want to see on summer house i just get so fucking tired when it's like Everybody against Lindsay, everybody questioning Lindsay. And I feel like that draws me closer to her, not even by her behavior, but by the negative, toxic, like mean girls response. Because then I think like you're judging her because of how much she's revealed and shown maybe of the complications in her life and in past relationships. But like, cool, why don't you do the same? Like, you can't say that about Amanda and Kyle. They've obviously shown us a whole fucking lot. But I just think of like Paige. Babe, like maybe it's because you don't have a lot of complications. And Sarah, maybe it's because you don't have a lot of complications. But like 
I don't, I don't love the majority versus one mentality, especially in the context of Lindsay, who I don't think necessarily deserves that. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that, that, you know, when everyone gangs up against Lindsay, it draws you closer to her because like, I kind of feel the same way. Cause I'm such a, I'm such a rooting for the underdog type yeah. of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say, I, I love and appreciate and stand Paige and Sierra and the other girls in the house. But when I do see them kind of like just coming for Lindsay, it does it's make tough. it like endears me to Lindsay because no one wants to be put in that situation. Yeah, I think it's and also did we not see the proposal last season? Why do I feel like I I watched that? Because it was like all over social media and covered extensively. But okay. it'll happen on this season. Wow, that's wild. I know. So long the so long between like actual events and air dates. It's so crazy. It's nuts. Um, listen, Mazel Tov on your engagement. Thank you. Mazel Tov on your sold out show yet again. Thank you. Are we thinking number three? I think, yeah, I think that there are plans for March, another April? show. I don't know. I don't know if we could do it that soon. Um, We'll see. I, I think that our team is, like, eager to do another one. And, you know, there was Great. a suggestion that we might even do the big room at City Winery next time. So <gasps> Great. That would be cool. They, I had never seen that room, and they showed me it last night. And it's, like, such a gorgeous space with, mm. like, with the Hudson River in the mm-hmm. background. And it's, like, yeah, I don't know. That would. Oh, my God, deserving. We'll see what happens. I hope that we can we can make it happen. That's really exciting. Yeah. I love that. Um, also, guys, speaking of live shows, AG400. Coming up in late March. Not sure what I'm going to do for it. I'm going to be posting a bunch of polls this weekend. So follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. And let me know your thoughts, your suggestions. You know, AG300, we, Evan Ross Katz, guest co-hosted at Club Coming here in the city. We had Kelly on stage. Marge, uh, it was covered by page six. Page six, hello. It was a moment. I mean, it was a moment. You know that I, I was really um fanning out for a lot of your colleagues last night too, and they were like, "I'm with page six. I was like, "Oh, my all time favorite page six. <laughs> like, I, I, I identify as the Clawfist and page six. Those are my two big personality traits. My Myers Briggs. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm extremely into team. P6, as we say in the biz. Team P6. That, that, that's showbiz, baby. Team, <laughs> team P6. Um, so can I ask uh, what interviews you have on the horizon on the pod for people to listen and um, talk about? Yeah, so we have Sheena coming up. We also, we had a gorgeously chaotic chat with Jennifer Aiden. So oh my God. Stay tuned for that. Oh my God. Je- uh, Jennifer V. Dolores. Yikes. Yeah. So... So we chatted with Jennifer. We got Sheena coming up. We also, we talked to Jackie at the start of oh, great. the season for The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And that full episode is coming out soon, I believe. We just had Margaret on. So so much Jersey. So, so little time. Can I ask, do you think that Jackie, it's so hard when you friend of, especially when it's a season like this where there's just so much going mm. on. Um, but, you know, we've seen with Countess Luann, she friended up on season and was back better than ever. Do you think that Jackie would potentially be considered to return full time? I think so. And, you know, J- what I really appreciate about Jackie so much, and Melissa even mentioned this uh, during the show last night, is she's been so, like, 
open and honest and vulnerable about her feelings regarding being demoted to yeah. a friend of and she even said the same when we chatted with her she was like look it was hard mm. you know i think that the premiere was even difficult for her just to see like the whole cast together in the cash out and she's not a part of it but what i told jackie is exactly what you said countess had her friend of season right vicky had a friend of season right nothing is impossible and sometimes the friend of's are more important than uh, cat like uh, fo- you mo- mojito holders on mm-hmm. miami i mean look at marisol and adriana yeah i chatted with jackie at your first sold out live show and was talking about miami i don't even remember how it came up in conversation but we were just like chatting about miami and i I have the tendency as all AGs now, as you definitely know, of like saying things, but not necessarily as a la Teresa processing out loud, (laughs) except I'm able to like hear it after me like, oh my God, what did I just say? But I was talking about Miami and was like, yeah, and it like doesn't matter when you're a friend of or full timer. It really, truly does not matter. Like Marisol, Adriana, they are both essential for the cast and they are considered full timers. Essentially, it's really just a title. Right. Um, and in saying that to Jackie, who is definitely like, you know, going through her uh, new oh. position, mm-hmm. new little title change, um, I think it's helpful for her to hopefully hear that from people yeah. because that is tough. Yeah. Um, and that's something that Melissa talked about, as you said, like the uh, the fact that Jackie knew that during filming that that does that can kind of like make you feel extra sensitive, especially when you see newbies joining the cast. Totally. That's tough. That's a tough yeah. vibe. Oh. Love my Jackie. Love Jackie. Shout out Jackie. Um, listen, Evan Real, how can people follow you on social? Tell us. Um, at Evan Real. And then um new episodes of virtual reality drop on Thursdays. Ooh. Wherever you listen to your podcast. And then we've we've been starting to throw in a lot of bonus episodes on oh, like I love. Tuesdays and Fridays. So we're, <gasps> we are just <laughs> bumping out the content. So <laughs> Listen to us, please. Oh, and, my God. And please. rate and review. We need more yes. of that. Yes. Rate and review. Um, rate and review and leave a five-star review. Yeah. If you're like if you're four and a half or four it. and a quarter, don't leave it. Yeah. A four and a quarter because, you know, it's the Wild West. So four-star reviews actually genuinely deeply hurt a podcast, as odd as that sounds. And so I think a lot of content creators, podcasters appreciate that if you want to support a podcast, you leave a positive review. If you'd like to give constructive criticism, you can certainly contact a podcaster um, if you so choose, or just understand that uh, if you want a perfect pod, you should make it yourself. Oh, that you know part. what I'm saying? Or yes, or bit. please slide into my DMs and let me free, know what I can do better. Free content. This is yeah. free content that <laughs> takes so many tens of hours a week. I truly couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, that is the greatest gift that you can give any podcaster on Galatine's Day is a five-star review. And if you've left a left a less than five-star review, you can change that bad boy. All right. Show a little preach. Yes. It's the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> here on Apple Pods. Um, listen, guys, another way to support the podcast is join the Andy Scrolls Patreon. There is a new Satchel Spectacular going up about all things Teresa, Melissa, and I'm going to get into some Vanderpump rules. So you can listen to that and so many more bonus episodes exclusively at patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. Follow me on Instagram at Galley. Working on some stuff, and I really want to get AG's advice genuinely. I was literally like, should I send out a survey about this? But then I thought, no, no, let's let's take to IG stories. 
you know where truth is one. Um, <laughs> so follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley because I want to get your thoughts and feels about upcoming episodes and how to ring in AG four hundred. Where this was AG three eighty six, I want to say so fourteen. Oh my god, fourteen episodes. I You're really so close. Need to get on my shit. Yes, <laughs> yes. Whatever is coming. In the meantime, Evan Real from LA to NYC. A pleasure to see you as always. You know I'm such a stan. Love you. Love Danny. You and Danny together. I have to tell you, the chemistry is like insane. You guys work and complement each other perfectly. Oh, my God. Perfectly. Thank you. That is so great to hear. Well, we stand you, obviously, and I always stand a closet. Clothis moment. I mean, uh, closet. Excuse me. Sorry. Clothis. Clothis. Thank you. Moment. Words are important. Perfect yes. ingredients. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and shout out, obviously, to your co-host Danny who did yes. an exceptional job he is just the best like the the perfect partner in all of this he is mm. so hysterical so funny oh my, my mom was at the we show should. last night and like went up to him and was mm. like you're making Evan funnier because <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm not really a funny I'm a fun person but you I'm not are a, very quick which I, is incredibly important not, for funny you were on it last not as night. not as quick as it. Danny Dan honestly he really on it really truly makes me a better podcaster and according mm. to my mom at least one percent funnier so <laughs> we love the one percent here yes. at ag except for diana everybody Oop. else um listen on that note i do want to just shout out amy phillips who killed mm. it this week she performed cabaret at green room 42 here in new york city we both attended um, I popped on stage for a quick cameo as a bridesmaid when she um, <laughs> so performed good. as Teresa. And I have to say, I know she's coming to Florida soon. Uh, if you are in a city where she is performing, you need to get tickets and go. I was so inspired. Lou came. Um, Candace Bushnell was there. It Shout was a whole out situation. Carrie, um, Carrie OG. It was phenomenal. And Amy is so, so, so talented. And I really, truly was like floating on air after I was so happy. It is a Bravoholic dream. Yeah. Bravoholic dream. Have the best Highly time. Recommend. She best sings time. Britney Spears as Vicky Gumbleson. That's all you need to know. She, I, you know, there was a sing-along about the quiet woman yeah. to Billy Joel and Amy not only sang and led that, but also performed on the harmonica, like perfectly. I don't, it was just, it was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable night. 100%. Um, listen, it's Galletines. I do need to just shout out a couple pals who had birthdays this week. Tori Healy Lisi, who designed the office. My good friend Paola. My good friend and photography collaborator Prisca, all having birthdays this week. So I got to shout out the um, the gals in my life this Galletines Day. And no matter how you are celebrating, LOL, um, February 14, <laughs> um, it's always a, a nice day to treat yourself because that is the person who at the end of the day, you know, you're stuck with for life. So mm. give yourself a little care. Spend that money you may or may not have. You know, <laughs> here at Andy's Girls, we highly encourage financial irresponsibility. So <laughs> buy yourself the whatever, go nosh on whatever, drink whatever, watch whatever. Just, um, you know, give yourself a little bit of a gift, a little bit of a present. Right? Co -sign this. All right, on that note, guys. Uh, the greatest gift is talking to Evan Real. Oh and talking to y'all. So listen guys, happy galley times and we will chat with you soon. Bye.